regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know Him thus no more, no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is, He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Have you ever asked yourself this question? That you have come to a place that you are running out of ideas. You are trying to help someone and you are desperate. You ask, what else can I do for this person to see a transformation? What else can be done? What will ever change someone, this person that I love? What will ever change this person? And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, for the love of Christ compels us. I looked into the dictionary and found the definition of compel. It is force or oblige someone to do something. Bring about force or pressure. Force to come or go in a particular direction. The Bible says that it is the love of God that compels us, force us, oblige us. What can change an alcoholic? What can change a drug addict? Have you ever wondered? What can change someone's sexual orientation? What can change our fallen nature? What can change someone who is so used to lying every day to be someone who is truthfully honest? What can change a murderer like Paul from a murderer to be a preacher of the gospel, a church planter? I believe with all my heart, it is not us. It is not our church. It is not our theology. It is not our effort, our good intention. But it is the love of Christ that will dramatically, drastically change someone to become a new creation. Friends, today I believe that we are in an age sometimes to put human effort. We want, see, we want to see transformation. We want to see change in someone's life. And we forget that only it is the love of Christ can change my life dramatically and drastically when I am in Him. This is the same love that will compel you and I to devote our life to the ministry of reconciliation. We are in the midst of many projects from empowering the saints that were vision giving to seed initiative to fire scam and everyone I cannot say everyone used to be everyone but a lot of people are working very hard. Alright, used to be when we do some a church project 90% of people are involved uh, now it's different, alright? Um, but then, we have so many things going on. Sometimes I wonder, have we trusted these projects, this initiative, or this 
effort more than the love of God. Because the Bible says that it is the love of God that will compel us. The love of God should be the driving force. What is the driving force that brought you to church today? Is it wrong 95? What is the driving force to serve God and to commit your life to Him? I pray that it is the love of Christ. It is the love of Christ. I pray that we will allow the love of God to work in our hearts and to work in our church like never before. Because whether you are in the ministry, whatever ministry it is, we want to be in the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? That Christ died for me as if I have died myself because He died on behalf of me. And now I live, the Bible says, I should no longer live for myself, but for the one who died for me and rose again. This is my own recent reflection. Perhaps our ministry has not been effective, not because we are not working hard enough, but we are not operating at the right level. We have been operating at the wrong level. Perhaps we have been operating at human level. Everybody say human. Check your neighbor if he's a human. Right? Perhaps you have done a lot of good deeds. You have served the Lord. You have given your effort in the natural realm. There is nothing wrong with that. That is awesome. Amen? Tell your neighbor you are awesome. But you see, if we operate at the human level, human realm, our love that is human, our human love is limited. It is dry. It is powerless. Because very often our human love is very well calculated, it is very reasonable, and it is safe. Before we love, before we give, we always calculate how much we have in a bank account. Before we spend time with someone, we always check if we have something on in our schedule. It is always safe. It is always well calculated. There's nothing wrong. But if we always operate at this level, then we will not experience the love of Christ that compels us to do what is beyond our human capacity. Human love doesn't change anyone or anything. It looks good on the outside. It makes you feel good. Amen? But it changes nothing on the inside because it is a surface thing. May God help us today. May God help us to understand and to experience His love, the love of Christ, so that we will minister the love of Christ to the world. Not the love of City Light, not the love of Daniel, not the love of Elson, not the love of Timothy, although they are in love. There is a love that is eternal and that is the love of Christ. Amen. The Bible teaches us that we should not see the world with the lens of our flesh anymore. That we should not regard people according to the flesh. But a lot of times human love is based on the flesh. Agree? If they look good, we love them. If they are kind to us, we love them. If they look, they are cute. Everybody, I, I cannot say everybody, a lot of people love Maya because she looks cute. But I'm just thinking, 
for her character and personally now, if she doesn't change, one day when she's not that cute anymore, it will be a disaster. <laughs> Everybody will hate her, right? She has this princess sickness, you know, that we are praying for her. But she's still very cute anyway. But what I will say is, we regard people according to the flesh. If we want to do the work of Jesus Christ, we cannot regard people the same way anymore. We cannot regard people according to their look, their response. Because that is human love. That is human capacity. But how's the love of Christ different from human love? Today, I want to share with you a few points from the Bible that I believe will help us to understand what is so different about the love of Christ. Number one, it is unconditional. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is not so well calculated that it is dependent on your response. If you do a survey, like God didn't send someone to do a survey, if you will, if you will respond to the autocall, then for you. If you will come and build a church called City Light, you know, maybe I will send Jesus Christ to do you a favor. No, Jesus did not come when we were worshipping Him. The Bible says that Jesus came when we were still sinners. That means we were still cursing God. We were still living a life that was disobedient to Him. That we were still offending God. But that is my problem, you see. I was trained as an engineer. As an engineer, you always ask, right? Is it worth investing? Is it a project that will give me the right return? Or if you are in business line, like what is the ROI? I ask myself, like a lot of times to do a ministry, to do a project, what will I get in return? Is it a risk worth taking? But the Bible says that God's love is unconditional. In return that if you will do that, then only Jesus will die. God's love is taking the first step that He came and He died for us when we were still sinners. Church, if you want to understand the love of God and we want to minister the love of God to others, let us not ask what will we get in return. Let us not ask like, what if I love and He doesn't love me back? What if this person has got no potential, right? If you're in pastoral line for too long, like whether this guy is a prospect or not, you know? Whether, then we decide whether we want to love or not. It's not wrong, but it's just human. It's so different from the love of God. What will you do? What will you do for someone that still offends you daily? What one who still doesn't want to talk to you? Who still gossips about you? and misunderstands you. How, what will you do for someone who still sin and reject God? I cannot tell you the answer, but I believe the answer is the love of Christ. Without the love of Christ, we cannot do anything. We cannot change the world. We cannot see the gospel move and change lives being unconditional. Jesus came, sacrificed His life for us. 
losing his own right as the son of God, the righteous son of God that did not have to die. But he lost, he, he gave up his right so that we can gain life at his own expense. There's risk, there's suffering. The love of Christ is sacrificial. The love of Christ is sacrificial. Talk about sacrifice. It doesn't mean that every time you sacrifice, you must die. You must give up your life. Very often, it starts with giving what you have. Giving the time that you have. Giving the money that is in your wallet, not in someone else's wallet. It's giving your car that you have to fetch someone and to even lend your car out to someone who needs it more than you for a while and you take grab. Amen? It's not about being wise to make arrangements which members of yours actually don't need car as much as you. Wise arrangement. Are you following me? It's about making sacrifice at our own expense. Everybody say own expense. Not because it is a ministry, not because we have a budget for it, or because we can claim from someone because it's a located budget, we will do it. Not church. We must learn how to love like Christ, to learn to sacrifice, to inconvenience ourselves. It's to go the extra mile, to offer sometimes. I'm sure after church, someone doesn't have transport to go home. And I hope we will not be the one that, let's hope he doesn't ask. Let's hope someone offers first. But we will take initiative to offer. I say, can I give you a lift? Can I fetch you home? Something that is from your own. Second Corinthians, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor that you through His poverty might become rich. Let us understand this verse from a very basic, just literally from this, what it says. Jesus became poor so that we can become rich. Am I right? Some people say this is spiritual wealth or this is uh, soul, this is not money. I, I don't know what it is, but I know one thing. Jesus gave what he had so that we can have what he had. He became poor so we can become rich at his own expense. That is not like giving. It's not like Jesus is saying, I'm giving to you so that God can multiply me 34, 64, and 104. It's not that. It's about I become poor so that you can become rich. Church, can we have that mentality? Can we ask God to change us from the inside out and say, let me become busy so that you can become free. Wow. Can, can I take care of your children so that you can go part tall? Wow. Right? Can, 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 I, can I learn how to bear your burden so that your burdens will be lifted? It's at our own expense that you actually make real sacrifice. It's not like, oh, I, I need to bless uh, because I need my 34, 64, and 104. Yeah, sometimes I'm very stressed. 
um, when people say they want to bless me to, to get blessing, I need to pray, God, I really hope this is from you, you know? What if he blessed me and he doesn't get blessed? I feel so bad. I'm not the anointed one. He should bless someone else, but he hurt wrongly. What I'm saying is, church, before we think about return, I believe God is a rewarder. No doubt about it. But our intention is so important that it must be compelled by the love of Christ. Chapter 9, verse 13, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Can you see that God says, that, I mean, in the word of God, it says that your, the confession of the gospel comes together with the generosity. Everybody say generosity. Christians should be the most generous person, not because when we sow, God will give us 34, 64, 100 whole. It's simply because God is a generous God and He gives us sacrificially. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 11, to, it carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burnt outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through His own blood. Let us then go to Him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace He bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. To be sacrificial, it is to understand that we do not have an enduring city here on earth. We are believing in the city that is to come, that is the city of God, a city of light. And we try to call it city light. Amen? We want to see a city that is not on the outside, you know, it's not a physical city, but the kingdom of God, that people of God are willing to go outside the city gate like Jesus to suffer. I think Christians, so many times we play too safe that we, we, we want to know, if I help that person, will I get hurt or not? Can you imagine if Jesus said that before going up to the cross? Jesus asked Father, if I go up to the cross, will I get hurt? It's humanly impossible to comprehend. But we want to try our best to operate at that level. A city like to love is our calling. The love of Christ is generous. It is extravagant. A good shepherd is not that shepherd that will calculate like I have 100 sheep, but only one is lost, right? Why should 99 and look for the one? It does not make sense. What if this 99 what if these 99 sheep that I have are stolen later? And because I went out to look for the one. What if they suffer? What if they become hungry? Right? It's not a good business. But a good shepherd would go out. He left the 99 and looked for the one. That is generosity. Jesus was so generous that he took the risk to offend the Pharisees in order to minister to the woman that committed adultery. I mean, it doesn't make sense. All these people are the people who are influential in the city. All these people are the leaders of the city. If I'm a pastor, if I'm smart, I want to please them because they will give to my ministry. 
they will support me. And if I please them, my status will be different. Even on Instagram, there will be more likes. But Jesus took that risk. Jesus took that risk to offend the rest of them in order to minister to this woman. That was not righteous. She committed adultery. That is why every time I come to church, I come to God, I know I'm not worthy, but because I know that the love of Christ is unconditional, it is sacrificial, it is generous, it will never run out. I know that I'm here not because of my work, but because of His grace. If we fully understand that whatever that we have today is not the reward of our effort, but it's simply by the grace of God that we will be able to give freely to others. Church, let us pray that we operate at the level of God's love, not human love. That we will not try to reason, try to play safe and try to think that if this doesn't work, that doesn't work. If, that we will change our mindset to say, Jesus, I will do this. I will love because you first loved me. That father that accepted the prodigal son too. I mean, you have this amount of possession. Your son, one son took probably and now he came back and you have to kill the feather calf. You have to give the ring and the rope. From where? I don't know. Probably the elder son, he was not happy because he's worried about his possession. But this father couldn't care so much. He just loved generously. It did not make sense. And very often, like what the songs sang, this song, right, every time I, before I sing, I go to Google and search. A lot of people was put a lot of theological questions, like, is the all that, oh, I read really, I become more and more confused. But what I want to say is, God's love, a lot of times, is like foolishness to men. But you see, God's foolishness is still wiser than man's wisdom. If you really want to see the world that is lost, that does not know God, to know that there is a God that is generous, unconditional and sacrificial for them, then we should not love them at our human level. That our love for them will be extravagant. We will love them with the love of Christ that they will not understand. They say, why would you love me this much? Even though I don't look good, I'm not rich, I cannot play the same computer game as you, I cannot hang out in the same movie theater, I cannot live the same lifestyle as you, why would you spend time and talk to me and this social reject? We've got to think about this. The expression of God's love is often reckless in our sight. But I believe God used foolish things to shame the wisdom of man. If only we are willing to move and be compelled by His love. Friends, today, are you more concerned by what others might think when you love the marginalized, the rejected? When you leave the 99, good sheep, and go outside the camp to prepare to suffer with Jesus like Jesus to minister to that one that is lost. What if your connect group members say, hey, why you don't hang out with us anymore? No, no, no. But I have this friend that I need to minister to. 
Don't be like that lah. Later don't say I we bought you, you know. Can we be less concerned about what others might think of us? It's hard. I always, I actually wrote this journal. One day, um, I didn't plan to say this. Um, one day when I was very down, I wrote this journal. I said, God, this is unfair. When someone works so hard for work to earn money to feed the family until they cannot make time for family, people give them applause and say, well done, you work so hard for the family, you really love the family. But when you serve God, you care for the needy and you go out and sometimes you have less time for your family, people say, this person loves ministry more than his family. Are you following what I say? Sometimes I try to balance, but it's so hard. Then people say, cannot, cannot love ministry. I don't love ministry, come on. I didn't want to be a pastor anyway. And God made me one. But sometimes you just want to go out and just reach the lost and just feel what they feel. You cannot even help them sometimes. And it becomes so hard when you know that you are in need as well. Galatians chapter 2, verse 14 to 21. But when I saw that God were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in a manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ's law. But the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also found, are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which are destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me that the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. It's a very long passage, but I tried to cover all because a lot of times we know, we talk about it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But how can Christ live in us? It is by grace. It is to understand that now that we are a Jew, we are God's people through live like Gentiles. What do Gentiles do? Gentiles judge by works. Gentiles judge by, by your external appearance. And Paul was actually dealing with Peter. I mean, you all know Peter was a saint. I mean, he was an apostle. But Paul was going against him. You know what he did? What he did was because when the Jews have not arrived, he was actually hanging out with the Gentiles, eating together. But once the Jews arrive, it's like the more atas people are in town. Then he stopped associating himself with the Gentiles. Christians, so many times we are so comfortable in church. I pray that we will not be like that. That when you hang out with your friends, suddenly you see church friends or suddenly you, you, you snow, then you just prioritize the saints. And you neglect your associating with what what if what if I, I try to reach out to my friend in a bar, then then my 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 connect group friends saw me, 
and judge me because I hang out in a bar and I decide to say, oh, no, 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 I should pass something to my friend only. Church, let us know what we are doing. God gives us the covenant to be His people. Amen? And the covenant is through Jesus Christ. And when the Bible talks about the covenant with the Abrahamic covenant, God actually gave them the power to get wealth, to establish His covenant. What was God's covenant with Abraham about? It is that through Abraham, nations will be blessed. That through Abraham as his descendants, the nations of the earth shall be blessed through them. This covenant with God as well, amen? And God has blessed us with His spiritual blessings, with all that we have through Jesus Christ. But the key is the covenant is not just about us. It's that the nations of the earth shall be blessed through us. That means the people in Penang, those of you who live in Penang, okay, please breathe in and breathe out. Those of you that live in Penang, God wants to bless the people in Penang through you. But if you shut your door, it becomes tougher. That God has to bring, God has to bring some American here. Just saying, all right. What I mean is, church, we got to understand that we are blessed to be a blessing. The covenant is not about just Abraham and his people. The covenant, it is God wants to use Abraham to bless the nations. To understand this, then can I say, just, I, I do not know the a more polished word to use. Can I say that the money in your bank account that God has blessed you is not for you only? And mine too. It is or someone out there that is in need as well. And sometimes we may have to become poorer so that someone can become richer. It's something that when I share this, let me tell you, it's not something that you struggle, it's something that I struggle too. Because we live in this world they always tell us you don't have enough. You go to IKEA. IKEA always make you feel that, hey, I didn't know I need this, that. I wanted to get three things, I end up getting like, right? But we keep singing, Christ is enough for me. But IKEA makes me feel that I'm not enough. We must all learn how to operate beyond human capacity if you want to see God work, work supernaturally. That nations of the earth shall be blessed through us. It is a realm of unconditional, sacrificial and generous love of God. Can we operate and move no longer in human realm? Can we stop rationalizing our love with human reasoning? Let the love of Christ compel us. When we cannot do it, God, your love, compel me, God, compel me, that we will ask God nations as our inheritance. As I grow older, I realize that we have more hobbies and some hobbies can be expensive. 
that is fine. God wants us to enjoy His goodness as well. And some hobbies are expensive, not in terms of money, but they're expensive in terms of time. Don't take away that hobby, but don't let that hobby cost you your calling. Our little hobbies can steal away our great calling. Our little hobbies can steal away our great calling to love. Perhaps in your hobbies, you should bless someone that has a similar hobbies that can do together with you. Okay? I, I'm very bad at giving examples. Every time I give examples, people think that I'm talking about samples. But all of us have hobbies. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Love is the call of God upon city light. Upon all of us, we are called to love like Christ. My worry is that we have spent too much time listening to God's word. You listen that in Connect Group, listen that in, on Sunday. We spend a lot of time listening to God's word, but we spend too little time applying it. We are afraid, I'm afraid we spend too much time singing about God's love. We spend too little time demonstrating it. If we spend 10 minutes to sing about God's love every Sunday, it would be awesome if you just spend 10 minutes to demonstrate God's unconditional sacrifice. I need your help to teach me and encourage me how to love. We need each other to do this together. The Bible says it is the Spirit of God that will pour out the love of God into our heart. And when that happens, you realize you are compelled sometimes to do something that is beyond your human reasoning. Isn't it wonderful? Amen. We are going to sing this song, Reckless Love. Um, and after singing the song, right now we are going to sing. Uh, I'm not going to give an altar call. I gave, gave one just now. But um, can we rise to our feet? After singing, or while you sing, I want you to ask God this question. Can we all do that together? Um, when you worship God, I want you to respond to God yourself that what is the one thing, one way that you think God wants you to love? That is not human. I think a lot, a lot of times when we share, right, we always share, I think God wants me to contact my friend. Yeah, that is still very human, right? But I, 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 why not we ask God for one, one way that I can love my friend or some, a group that is beyond human? I don't know what it is. Maybe it is to fast and pray for someone. Maybe it is to give like 200 ringgit to someone that you normally belanja people five ringgit you want to cry already now are you following me? it's something that is beyond your human capacity one but if normally you are giving 200 then maybe it's something else I do not know but ask God for something that God what is the one thing that has stopped me to move in your love and, and as we worship you just after the worship we are going to group two person in a group and you are going to share that to your friend and you'll pray for each other and you minister God's love to one another. Can we do that right now?